runo four of kalevala the land of the heroes by elias lunrope translated by william forsell kirby eighteen forty four to nineteen twelve this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine runo four the fate of aino argument Vainamoinen meets aino in the wood and addresses her aino hurries home weeping and informs her mother her mother forbids her to weep and tells her to rejoice and to adorn herself handsomely aino continues to weep and declares that she will never take a very old man as her husband she wanders sorrowfully into the wild woods and reaches the banks of a strange unknown lake where she goes to bathe and is lost in the water the animals commission the hare to carry the tidings of aino's death to her home her mother weeps for her night and day then the little maiden Aino, youthful Yokahainen's sister, went for besoms to the greenwood, sought for bathwisks in the bushes, one she gathered for her father and a second for her mother, and she gathered yet another for her young and ruddy brother. As she turned her footsteps homeward, pushing through the alder bushes, came the aged Vainamoinen, and he saw her in the thicket, finely clad among the herbage, and he spoke the words which follow maiden do not wear for others but for me alone o maiden round thy neck a beaded necklace and a cross upon thy bosom plait for me thy beauteous tresses bind thy hair with silken ribbons but the young maid gave him answer not for thee and not for others rests the cross upon my bosom and my hair is bound with ribbons naught i care for sea-born raiment wheaten bread i do not value i will walk in homespun garments and with crusts will still my hunger in my dearest father's dwelling and beside my much-loved mother from her breast she took the crosslet drew the rings from off her fingers from her neck the beaded necklace from her head the scarlet ribbons down upon the ground she threw them scattered them among the bushes then she hastened ever weeping loud lamenting to the homestead at the window sat her father while he carved a hatchet handle wherefore weepest thou my daughter young and yet so full of sadness cause enough have i for weeping cause for weeping and lamenting therefore weep i dearest father weep and feel so full of sorrow from my breast i lost the crosslet from my belt i dropped the buckle from my breast my silver crosslet from my waist the copper girdle at the gate her brother sitting for the sledge was shaping runners wherefore weepest thou my sister young and yet so full of sorrow cause enough have i for weeping cause for weeping and lamenting therefore do i weep poor brother weep and feel so full of sorrow rings i lost from off my fingers from my neck my beaded necklace and my finger rings were golden and my necklace beads were silver at the window sat her sister as she wove a golden girdle wherefore weepest thou poor sister young and yet so full of sorrow cause enough have i for weeping cause for weeping and lamenting therefore do i weep poor sister weep and feel so full of sorrow from my brow the gold has fallen from my hair i lost the silver tore the blue bands from my temples from my head the scarlet braiding on the threshold of the storehouse skimming milk she found her mother wherefore weepest thou my daughter young and yet so full of sorrow 
O my mother who hast borne me, O my mother who hast nursed me, Cause enough have I for anguish, Cause enough for bitter sorrow. Therefore do I weep, poor mother, Therefore grieve I, O my mother. To the wood I went for besoms, Gathered bath-whisks from the bushes, One I gathered for my father, One I gathered for my mother, And I gathered yet another For my young and ruddy brother. As I turned my footsteps homeward, And across the heath was tripping, From the dell there called Osmoinen, From the field cried Kalevainen, Do not wear, fair maid, for others, But for me alone, poor maiden, Round thy neck a beaded necklace And a cross upon thy bosom. Plate for me thy beauteous tresses, Braid thy hair with silken ribbons. From my breast I took the crosslet, from my neck the beaded necklace tore the blue bands from my temples, from my head the scarlet ribbons. Then upon the ground I threw them, scattered them among the bushes. And I answered him in this wise, not for thee and not for others, rests my cross upon my bosom, and my hair is bound with ribbons, naught I care for sea-born raiment, wheat and bread I do not value. I will walk in homespun garments, and with crusts will still my hunger, in my dearest father's dwelling, and beside my much-loved mother. And her mother answered thus wise, said the old crone to the maiden, Do not weep, my dearest daughter, do not grieve, and thou so youthful. Eat a whole year long fresh butter, that your form may grow more rounded, Eat thou pork the second season, that your form may grow more charming, and the third year eat thou cream cakes, that you may become more lovely. Seek the storehouse on the mountain, there the finest chamber open, there are coffers piled on coffers, chests and heaps on chests are loaded. Open then the finest coffer, raise the painted lid with clangor, there you'll find six golden girdles, seven blue robes of finest texture woven by the moon's own daughter, by the sun's own daughter fashioned. In the days when I was youthful, in my youthful days of girlhood, in the wood I sought for berries, gathered raspberries on the mountain, heard the moonlight's daughter weaving and the sunlight's daughter spinning, there beside the wooded island on the borders of the greenwood. Thereupon I softly neared them and beside them took my station, and began to ask them gently in the words that i repeat you give you of your gold o kutar and your silver give paivatar to the maiden poorly dowered to the child who now implores you then her gold did kutar give me and her silver gave paivatar with the gold i decked my temples and adorned my head with silver homeward like a flower i hastened joyful to my father's dwelling these i wore one day a second then upon the third day after took the gold from off my temples from my head removed the silver took them to the mountain storehouse in the chest with care i laid them there until this day i left them and since then i have not seen them on thy brows bind silken ribbons on thy temples gold adornments round thy neck a beaded necklace on thy breast a golden crosslet put thou on a shift of linen of the finest flax that's woven lay thou on a robe of woollen bind it with a silken girdle then the finest silken stockings and of shoes the very finest then in plates thy hair arranging bind it up with silken ribbons slip the gold rings on thy fingers deck thy wrists with golden bracelets after this return thou homewards from thy visit to the storehouse 
as the joy of all thy kindred and of all thy race the fairest like a floweret by the wayside like a raspberry on the mountain far more lovely than aforetime fairer than in former seasons thus the mother urged her counsel thus she spoke unto her daughter but the daughter did not heed her heeded not her mother's counsel from the house she wandered weeping from the homestead went in sorrow and she said the words which follow and expressed herself in this wise what may be the joyous feelings and the thoughts of one rejoicing such may be the joyous feelings and the thoughts of one rejoicing like the dancing of the water on the waves when gently swelling what do mournful thoughts resemble what the long-tailed duck may ponder such may mournful thoughts resemble thus the long-tailed duck may ponder as neath frozen snow embedded water deep and well imprisoned often now my life is clouded often is my childhood troubled and my thoughts like withered herbage as i wander through the bushes wandering on through grassy meadows pushing through the tangled thickets and my thoughts are pitched for blackness and my heart then soot not brighter better fortune had befell me and it would have been more happy had i not been born and nurtured and had never grown in stature till i saw these days of sorrow and this joyless time o'ertook me had i died in six nights only or upon the eighth had perished much i should not then have needed but a shroud a span long only and of earth a tiny corner little then had wept my mother fewer tears had shed my father and my brother not a tearlet thus she wept a day a second and again her mother asked her wherefore dost thou weep poor maiden wherefore thus lament and sorrow therefore weep i hapless maiden therefore do i weep for ever that yourself have pledged me hapless and your daughter you have promised thus to be an old man's comfort as a solace to the old man to support his feeble footsteps and to wait upon him always better were it had you sent me deeply down beneath the billows there to be the powan's sister and companion of the fishes in the lake tis surely better there beneath the waves to sojourn there to be the powan's sister and companion of the fishes than to be an old man's comfort to support his aged footsteps so that i can mend his stockings and may be a staff to prop him then she sought the mountain storehouse and the inner room she entered and the finest chest she opened raised the painted lid with clangour and she found six golden girdles seven blue robes of finest textures and she robed her in the finest and completed her adornment set the gold upon her temples on her hair the shining silver on her brow the sky-blue ribbons on her head the bands of scarlet then she wandered from the storehouses and across the fields she wandered past the marshes and the heathlands through the shady gloomy forests thus she sang as on she hastened thus she spoke as on she wandered all my heart is filled with trouble on my head a stone is loaded but my trouble would not vex me and the weight would less oppress me if i perished hapless maiden ending thus my life of sorrow in the burden of my trouble in the sadness of my sorrow now my time perchance approaches from this weary world to hasten time to seek the world of mana 
time to tuonella to hasten for my father will not mourn me nor my mother will lament me nor my sister's cheeks be moistened nor my brother's eyes be tearful if i sank beneath the waters sinking where the fish are sporting to the depths beneath the billows down amid the oozy blackness on she went one day a second and at length upon the third day came she to a lake's broad margin to the bank o'ergrown with rushes and she reached it in the night-time and she halted in the darkness in the evening wept the maiden through the darksome night lamented on the rocks that fringe the margin where a bay spread wide before her at the earliest dawn of morning as she gazed from off a headland just beyond she saw three maidens bathing there amid the waters i know made the fourth among them and the fifth a slender sapling then her shift she cast on willows and her dress upon the aspens on the open ground her stockings through her shoes upon the boulders on the sand her beads she scattered and her rings upon the shingle in the waves a rock was standing brightly hued and golden shining and she swam and sought to reach it as a refuge in her trouble when at length she stood upon it and would rest upon the summit on the stone of many colours on the rock so smooth and shining in the waves it sank beneath her sinking to the very bottom with the rock the maiden aino sank beneath the water's surface there the dove for ever vanished thus the luckless maiden perished she herself exclaimed in dying when she felt that she was sinking to the lake i went to bathe me and to swim upon its surface but like tender dove i vanished like a bird by death o'ertaken never may my dearest father never while his life endureth cast his net amid the waters in these waves so wide extending to the shore i went to wash me to the lake i went to bathe me but like tender dove i vanished like a bird by death o'ertaken never may my dearest mother never while her life endureth fetch the water for her baking from the wide bay near her dwelling to the shore i went to wash me to the lake i went to bathe me but like tender dove i vanished like a bird by death o'ertaken never may my dearest brother never while his life endureth water here his prancing courser here upon the broad lake's margin to the shore i went to wash me to the lake i went to bathe me but like tender dove i vanished like a bird by death o'ertaken never may my dearest sister never while her life endureth hither stay to wash her eyebrows on the bridge so near her dwelling in the lake the very water is as blood that leaves my veinlets every fish that swims this water is as flesh from off my body all the bushes on the margin are as ribs of me unhappy and the grass upon the margin as my soiled and tangled tresses thus the youthful maiden perished and the dove so lovely vanished who shall now the tidings carry and repeat the mournful story at the dwelling of the maiden at the homestead of the fair one first the bear would take the tidings and repeat the mournful story but the bear conveyed no tidings for he strayed among the cattle who shall now the tidings carry and repeat the mournful story at the dwelling of the maiden at the homestead of the fair one then the wolf would take the message and repeat the mournful story 
but the wolf conveyed no tidings for among the sheep he wandered who shall now the tidings carry and repeat the mournful story at the dwelling of the maiden at the homestead of the fair one then the fox would take the message and repeat the mournful story but the fox conveyed no tidings for among the geese he wandered who shall now the tidings carry and repeat the mournful story at the dwelling of the maiden at the homestead of the fair one twas the hare who took the tidings and conveyed the mournful story for the hare replied discreetly i will not forget the message then the hare sprang quickly onward sped the long ear with his story on his crooked legs he hastened with his cross-like mouth he hurried to the dwelling of the maiden to the homestead of the fair one thus he hastened to the bath-house and he crouched upon the threshold full of maidens is the bath-house in their hands the bath-whisks holding scamp come here and shall we boil you or o oh, broad eye shall we roast you either for the master's supper or perchance the mistress breakfast for the luncheon of the daughter or perchance the son to dine on thereupon the hare responded and the round eye answered boldly would that lempo might come hither for the cooking in the kettle i am come to give you tidings and to bring a message to you vanished from you is the fair one perished has the tin adorned one sunken with her silver buckle drowning with her belt of copper diving in the muddy water to the depths below the billows there to be the powan's sister and companion of the fishes then her mother fell to weeping and her bitter tears flowed freely and she loud lamented speaking in her grief the words which follow never o oh, unhappy mothers never while your life endureth never may you urge your daughters or attempt to force your children to a marriage that repels them like myself o wretched mother urging vainly thus my daughter thus my little dove i fostered thus the mother wept lamenting and her bitter tears flowed freely from her blue eyes in her sadness o'er her cheeks so pale with sorrow after one tear flowed another and her bitter tears flowed freely from her cheeks so pale with sorrow to her breast so sadly heaving after one tear flowed another and her bitter tears flowed freely from her breast so sadly heaving on the borders of her garments after one tear flowed another and her bitter tears flowed freely from the borders of her garments down upon her scarlet stockings after one tear flowed another and her bitter tears flowed freely down from off her scarlet stockings to her shoes all gold embroidered after one tear flowed another and her bitter tears flowed freely from her shoes all gold embroidered on the ground where she was standing as they flowed the ground they moistened and they swelled to streams of water on the ground the streams were flowing and became the source of rivers thence arose three mighty rivers from the tears of bitter weeping which were ever ceaseless flowing from the weeping mother's eyelids from each stream that thus was fashioned rushed three waterfalls in fury and amid each cataract's flowing three great rocks arose together and on every rocky summit there arose a golden mountain and on every mountain summit up there sprang three beauteous birch trees in the crown of every birch tree golden cuckoos three were perching all at once they called together and the first cried sweetheart sweetheart and the second lover lover and the third cried gladness gladness 
he who cried out sweetheart sweetheart sang his song for three months running for the young and loveless maiden resting now beneath the water he who cried out lover lover sang his song for six months running sang to the unhappy suitor who must sorrow through his lifetime he who cried out gladness gladness sang his song for all a lifetime sang to the unhappy mother who must daily weep forever and the mother spoke as follows as she listened to the cuckoo never may a hapless mother listen to the cuckoo crying when i hear the cuckoo calling heavy beats my heart within me from my eyes the tears are falling o'er my cheeks are waters rolling and the drops like peas are swelling then the largest broad beans larger by an ell my life is shortened by a span length i am older and my strength has wholly failed me since i heard the cuckoo calling End of Runo 4 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine